Welcome back to Downtime in Daytona. This is Steve Gooch with Fun Coast Tours. We have a guest today. Frankie Kickletter will be joining us for today and several days, hopefully. Frankie is a business consultant, and I'm going to let Frankie tell you a little bit about why he's here with us. How are you doing today, Frankie? Doing fantastic. How are you, Steve? I am doing well. Frankie, why would you sign up for this? Why did you want to come on and help me out? Um... I would say the best way to answer that is just to proudly support the community that I was born and raised in. One thing with being from the area and seeing the growth of everything is it's a spectacular thing to see where it's headed, where it's going, and kind of the turnaround that Volusia County and some of the coastal cities have been making over the past couple of years. Being born and raised from the area, being from Lake Callan, Florida, from about going on 27 years, it's a beautiful thing to see where everything's headed, where The cities are turning things around where you see DeLand being voted the best small downtown in all of America. You got Daytona. I love DeLand. It's a beautiful city. You Um, said you grew up where now? I grew up in Lake Helen, Florida, which is a little small town just outside of DeLand. We don't really necessarily have any stoplights or we don't have any at all. (laughs) So where's the county line on the I-4 corridor? What's the last place that's in Volusia? So technically, Daytona State has a DeLand campus, which is right off of Summit. And I believe it starts right over the bridge past Daytona State College. It runs for about two and a half miles out towards Lake Helen Osteen, where it'll cut off right after you turn off of, funny enough, Kicklider Road that is out in Lake Helen. (laughs) Is that named after your Um, family? So I don't necessarily know the full story behind it, but I have been told there is a uncle's relative that somebody in the family at some point had something to do with the road. So you grew up in Lake Helen. You live now in the land. Yep. And you spend your work days mainly out in Daytona. Yep. So most of the time I'm heading out to the Daytona area. I did spend a lot of time working in the land. I was a Domino's driver throughout college and kind of got familiar with every last corner of the land. Spent a lot of time in New Smyrna as a child going out to 26th Avenue and going out that way for Beachside. I spent a lot of time now in the Daytona, Port Orange area, Ormond Beach, Flagler, starting to come more towards the coast. Of course, the love of the beach and who can't complain with a nice hammock between some palm trees by the water. Of course. Um, spending a lot of time out in the Daytona area and, and just seeing the turnaround that that area has made and the progress that it is making and being excited about the growth that's happening in the area. So now you said turnaround, Frankie, the turnaround that the Daytona area is making. What did you see? What did you see before that needed turning around? Daytona has been known previously for an area of excitement and fun and party and drinking and having a good time. There's multiple events that go on all throughout the year. You have the 500, you got Jeep Beach, Truck Week, you got national events that happen there. So it's always been an exciting area. But one thing that kind of fell to the wayside is the infrastructure around it to keep people there. One thing that it's been known for, of course, is the travel. It's definitely a a tourist area where everybody's kind of traveling to and from the area. There's actually more people coming into Daytona than actually live in Daytona. Yeah. So seeing them kind of take an area that needed maybe a little bit of polish and actually focusing on what kind of polish they're going to use this time to be able to make it an area that keeps people interested, involved, and all around in the area for long periods of time. And something I've noticed about Daytona, it, it attracts a, lots of different groups of people. You'll see families here. You'll see couples here. You'll see a group of single guys come here when it's time for the races. 
But when you ask anyone in particular, hey, uh, what are you doing here? Ultimately, in the course of that conversation, you get something like, there's not a whole lot to do here. And I disagree, but it's because Absolutely. I live here. Once you live here, you see there's a million things to do. Either we're not doing a good job of letting people know what those things are, or we're not marketing it to the right people. Because if you bring a family here, you think, okay, we have the water park. Absolutely. We have the bee. Okay, now what? But for some reason, we need to put a fence around those things and market that same group of things to the same group of people. And then when you have the guy who come here for a guy's weekend. Those things need to be marketed towards that group. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I, I think it's not so much that Daytona doesn't have other things to do. I think it's just the announcement that those things are there. there there's a big community that is involved around the Speedway, per se. So you have not just the race, but they also offer tours of the Speedway. They have days. It's a great tour. 25 bucks it's for an hour-long tour around the track. Yep. And there's a lot of history behind that tour where they, they know everything that went on, where it started give you a little history about why NASCAR even started in the first. A lot of people don't know that it started on the beach side and not in some fancy track. That's right. Just a bunch of folks racing some moonshine up the coast and wanting to find out whose car could be the fastest to get away. So it was signed at the Streamline Hotel right there on the strip. Most people yep. just drive right past it. Don't even realize there's a little museum in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of history behind little things that people aren't fully aware of. So when people are coming to town, they know, of course, they got the tickets to the races. They have their hotel hotel, but what else is there? Of course, the general thing to do, take an Uber down to one of the party streets or go and ask somebody, hey, where do we go? And they all kind of point you in the same direction. But there's not this big community wrapped around specific things in Daytona, like the hidden secrets that some of the locals know and part of the reasons why we love the area so much. So I I think it's more of just understanding that Daytona has a lot more to offer than what the general event that you're going towards has to offer. I've spent some time trying to figure this stuff out, Frankie, and there's a difference. For example, when you go to Orlando, everyone knows what they're going to do in Orlando and you can fill your day, but these are artificial things that were crafted specifically to guide you down this path. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. They have have found that that's their bread and butter is the tourist industry. And they guide people along those paths or those channels. And there's somebody in marketing somewhere is really good at sending that information to the right people at the right time. You do the same thing, you go to St. Augustine. It's exactly the same story. They know exactly what, you know what you're going to do and how you're going to occupy your time the whole time. You come to Daytona and you're like, huh? Yeah. What do we do now? That's the thing. It's not that there's nothing to do here. It's we're doing a bad job of letting people know what they can do here. Right. And and I think letting people know some of these spots that nobody's ever really heard of, finding these little crevices, finding these little things that are exciting about the area um, is so important because there is much more than just the one thing that you come for. I think Daytona has and is growing into a very diverse area where it's not just race-oriented things. Um, I know there's a, a few fruit stands coming out. I know there's a few juice juice bars. There's some change in some of the, the, the merchandise that's being sold out of there. Some of the gift shops. There's very exciting bars that are coming out. They just opened a Coyote Ugly on Seabreeze Boulevard. There's People love that. There's all kinds of diverse things coming to Daytona that it's just more about making the people aware that when they come to town that there's, there's so much more to do. One of the things that I've found, there's a couple breweries that have been popping up all of Volusia County and on the coast side going all up and down A1A, you have these folks coming in for the races that think, hey, we're just coming to the races to have a good time. And you find them most of the time checking out all these different breweries or drinking some of these craft beers. And 
where before the races used to be pretty much just sponsored by Budweiser and Budweiser alone. You'd see people walk around in Budweiser overalls and have their Budweiser hats on and Budweiser this, Budweiser that, where now you're seeing them kind of more explore the craft scene, the more diverse opportunities that they have out in Daytona. Frankie, I am so glad you brought that up because that segues directly. See, I said segues. Sorry, I do segue <laughs> tours too. But Frankie, you were talking about the craft beer scene here, and which is what I had jumped on. And you said you had learned the Deland area by becoming a driver for Domino's Pizza. That's not a bad thing. That's a fantastic idea. Anytime I move to a new area, if I really want to find out what's there, I know now I can drive Uber and within a month, I'm going to know the area better than anyone else. So that is one point that I wanted to make. But the second point, during driving Uber, I had found so many people had said, hey, we're here for the breweries. We want to go to this one. Tomorrow, we're going to go to that one. That gave me the idea. Hey, let's do them all in one night. So I started doing that and I had looked for them and I identified them and I had only found one in Port Orange until just recently. And right now, Frankie and I are going to get on a call and we're going to talk to Kyla at Dunes Brewing and try to get a good idea about what's going on at their opening down at the area called Down Under, which is the beachside section under the bridge of the Dunlawton Bridge in Port Orange. So we're going to go ahead and make that call now. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Kyla. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, not bad. I'm with Frankie. So Hello, Kyla. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Frankie. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time, Kyla. We're very excited that you're opening down there, and I was hoping you can tell us a little bit about Dunes Brewing. Yeah, absolutely. Dunes Brewing is, we're basically the idea child of three guys who love beer, um, basically. Okay. <laughs> and, um, That's kind of how this whole love turned into a reality. And our brewer, Jeremy Shaw, is an amazing person. He has handcrafted and picked exactly the ingredients and the recipes he preferred for all the beers. We will be rotating most of them. We're going to probably have two staple beers, one of which is going to be a blonde ale and the other which will be like a classic IPA. We try to kind of do everything like local. We're all locals. All of us who work here and participate in the business. Um, so basically, we kind of tried to put that aspect into all of the beers. Like we named our Saison, we named it the Sun Glow Saison, and we named our IPA the Down Under IPA because we're underneath the Dunlawton Bridge. I saw um, that. Just kind of little catchy things like that, just kind of trying to be really focused on our community here, con- contributing to the community. You're joining a great community. I did notice those local tie ins with some of the, the beer names. This is the very first undertaking. Yes, correct. How long have you been involved in it? Have you done um, breweries before? I've never done breweries before. I've worked in the service industry for over seven, eight years now. Just was super exciting. And we all love to work together. And I had a friend who works for the the same guys that put this place together. She works for them. And that's kind of how I ended up here. I had my eye on this place from even before I launched my business and I had gone around and I tried to make contact and find out if I can get you guys on the tour. It had been been going on for a while. Oh, yes. There was actually nobody there for a while. Did Was there any trouble during COVID or anything like that that slowed yeah, production? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure if you're familiar back when the COVID thing was going on, that no one who was not serving food was allowed to be open. I know that that really greatly affected like the new Smyrna Beach Brewery etc so that really put this whole thing on pause for a long time hard to get permit when 
you know, obviously we really wouldn't even have been able to function as a business. At, um, and not only mm. that, but construction, there's, there was a lot of hurdles to overcome. So a lot of the, that you actually initiated yourself thinking, well, why do we want to go through with an opening if we can't open or why go to all this expense? Yeah. You know, everything just kind of took such a pause for so long. Um, just not knowing what was going to happen. Were you guys brewing before you guys started construction? Was, um, Jeremy or any of the other guys a part of any kind of brew club? Were they, I mean, obviously they're probably brewing from home and creating recipes, but were they getting any products out or was this just kind of, Hey, our beer is good. Let's, let's go ahead and start a business. Yeah. With so it. Jeremy has been brewing for a long time out of his home. We are just now starting to brew our beers for the opening. He has never worked at a brewery around here. From what I know, he actually does construction. He's been doing construction okay. for 30 plus years and this is just a passion for him. He comes in on his weekends they all basically work full-time jobs and we do this as a passion so that's that's really where jeremy comes from and he's basically the backbone of all of the beers here where you guys are opening in the down under the location would you say frankie oh, that's a beautiful location it is so beautiful how did you guys land on that we are friends mm -hmm. with jimmy hula's and i don't know if you're familiar with jose but he's a really great friend of ours and he's been a great asset we got our hands on this property about to something years ago. Yeah, it's it's an amazing location for many reasons. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Millie's is going to take over where DJ's deck used to go. So now it's going to be... So that whole area is developing with you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have Deck Down Under, Millie's, Wonderful. Jimmy Hula's, us, the brewery, um, and then we have the Dairy Bar. So it's kind of perfect. Absolutely. And that creates a great atmosphere for people to come and hang out for a little while. Because I know one of the big things in the area is getting people to stay. And um, especially with the amount of people that come over beachside from all over Volusia County and even from Orlando coming this way. Um, it's nice to have an area where people have a good little hangout spot. And especially being right there under the bridge, it's kind of been underdeveloped for such a long time. That it's beautiful seeing good companies coming through. Absolutely. And now they're going to develop the river walk right across the bridge in the inland side. So that's going to be oh that's right that's awesome yeah that, i mean it's perfect there's so much parking down there great food there's going to be great beer now and then uh just as you're trying to leave they're going to suck you back in with ice cream so you have to turn around and go back for more beer do you have any plans for the grand opening or what do you have planned i know it's uh, october 1st yeah it's october 1st on friday um we're going to open around noon we don't have anything specifically planned it's been it's so long coming that we're not really going to do a soft opening. We're just going to open the doors October 1st. Um, it's just basically like a word of mouth and have a big event. Probably everybody will be here who's been involved in building this. And that's, we're really just going to take it as it comes. Do you know how large the system that you guys will be brewing off of and how much you guys will be producing? Is it um, a nano, a micro? How, how large is your guys' setup? Technically, we're a microbrewery. Um, I think anything under a thousand barrels a year is considered a microbrewery. We'll probably be outputting about 500 to 700 barrels um, a year on our first year. We have right. seven barrels. And I'd imagine you'd be working your way getting into some of these like Jimmy Hula's and getting your beer out there as notoriety starts to build for yourself yeah we're not in the distributing portion of it yet we really haven't even crossed that bridge mentally um however we will have crowlers and growlers and things like that that are easily to go but as far as the distribution on a large scale we are definitely not there yet but maybe in the future we will be really just have to see how things work Absolutely. out i mean this is really a trial by error this is a, the first of its kind so we really don't know what to 
always expect or anticipate. Have you spoken with any of the other breweries or have the owners spoken with any other breweries? And if so, what has the reception been like? Um, well, I actually, I live out in Deland and I go to Persimmon Hollow all the time and I'm friends with all the people who work there. And, and the same with New Smyrna. I just moved from New Smyrna to Deland. And so I, I know a lot of the people there. Everybody's really receptive. I mean, it's not like we are some corporate brewery that's coming in, taking over. Thank God. You know. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Nobody wants that. The, the reality of it is around here, everybody is just so pro local businesses and i mean that's that's what we are we, we've all lived here we've all been here we all went to school here we all drink here we all eat here so we all just kind of support each other's businesses i mean I, i'm not going to stop going to persimmon or new smyrna beach brewery just like i wouldn't assume that other people who live in this area are going to stop going there they're just going to additionally come here hopefully i mean Absolutely. that's that's what we're trying to do i uh, tried to link to your website but i do need to steal a bunch of pictures so i can put on my website to promote you guys uh, do you know when the website's going to be online? That's a good question. We have been trying to hire a marketing person who is supposed to do that um, well over a month ago. We have had a lot of difficulty with hiring someone to get on board to get that done, but we will. We'll have it done. I would assume by October 1st, if not, then just briefly after. We do have a Facebook page and an Instagram. We are much more active on the Instagram page than we are on any other platform. If you would like to check that out, that does have a lot more options for photographs that are more behind the scenes, day to day. And would you like to put those names out there so we can also help the followers link over to you? Yeah, it, it's just Dunes Brewing for both of them. Yeah, exactly. For Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I think we have kept you long enough, Kyla, unless there was anything else you wanted to share with us. But before you went, I did want to let everybody know this is Dunes Brewing. They are opening uh, October 1st, located at 59 Dunlawton Avenue, Unit 102 in Port Orange, Florida, 32127. In the area that's called the Down Under, directly under the beachside portion of the Dunlawton Street Bridge. Anything you wanted to add, Kyla, before we let you go? No, we're looking forward to serving the community. We're excited. One beer at a time. It's beautiful in there. I can't wait till everyone gets to, to check it out. I, I was stunned. It wasn't even ready, and I was stunned. It's gorgeous. Yes. Kyla, thank you again for your time. Of course, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you, Kyla. You as well. All right. So that was interesting hearing from Kyla uh, about what's going on at Dunes. Very exciting. I, I, I really did. I had my eyes on them before I even opened up my tour, and uh, I thought... Oh, they're not going to open. They're not going to open. So it's really good to hear that they are. Absolutely. And especially seeing the growth in the community for breweries. One thing that I've seen with the brewing community is that they are absolutely locally focused. Um, Just like Kyla brought up being pretty much all three brewers born and raised in the area and her herself being from the area, New Smyrna, DeLand, and those areas. Her main focus is giving back to that Port Orange community. That area under that bridge, a couple years back, five, six, seven years back, really was just kind of a boat ramp and that was just about it um i know that ice cream shop's been around for quite a long time or it's changed well, ownership. Was, was there a boat ramp on the same side on the beach side portion i know there is um in the middle portion of it so you may be correct um i thought there was under that bridge before it was uh what's the name of that restaurant there uh there was dj's deck and our deck okay was it two one of them is gone now uh and that's where millie's is going Okay. All, which is awesome. Millie's is one of the restaurants that I've always recommended to people to check out. So it's good that that's going there. Yeah. So they're going on the side where um, if you're if you're leaving the beach, the the last piece of land that you're above before you hit water, 
right on your right. That's where, where Dunes is going in. Okay. And Millie's is going in right at the edge of the water on that same side. And it's good to have all those businesses coming into that area because it, it's a really cool under-the-bridge experience being right next to the beach. I know a lot of folks that come into town or come in to stay in their timeshares at the shores and those areas don't necessarily have a lot to go to right. off A1A. So it's a great area to go and fill in. And That is a, a thing. As far as the Daytona area, I know from talking to the tourists that come into the area, there's always there's plenty of stuff in Daytona. And then when people end up staying, because inevitably the hotels around the Hilton around international start getting filled yeah. up really quick and then people have to spread out a little further towards Ormond to the north or towards Port Orange to the south. Yes. And then the people to the south are like, well, where do we, you know, what do we do? And I'll go, oh, you have to go way up there. Yep. You go way up there and that's where all the fun stuff is. But now, ever since Jimmy Hula's went in down, things have started changing. And now uh, Millie's, Millie's has always been a kind of an obscure spot. So it's really nice that Millie's has taken that spot. It's kind of where it belongs, where I wish it had been all along. And now Dune's Brewing, there's a lot, a lot going on right now. It's going to be a hot spot, and I'm going to be really happy to bring people there. Absolutely. And it's just great to see that area develop and continue to grow its uh, portion. Because like you said, for the longest time, it's been very centralized. Daytona has been an area where you're kind of going to one specific area and that's all you really have. And now, like you said, having an option to go a little bit south and other than going all the way down to Ponce Inlet, now you have another location that you can hang out, bring the family, bring your dog outside. You can hang out for the day where you're not just going and, hey, swinging by and grabbing an ice cream and then going back to your place. You have an actual brewery to check out, Jimmy Hula's, you have... The water, you can go and sit by the water for a little bit. Um, it's really close to Sun Glow Pier. That portion of uh, the Port Orange Beach is often less inundated with with people on the beach as much as the area that's up there by International, um, all the way up to the Plaza Hotel and everything like that. It's, it's a great area. Leads right down. Uh, and if you go down A1A even further south into Ponce Inlet, which is a fantastic area. Before all of these areas had been so separated, you know, even the stuff that's out by the track, the track is far. It's yes. you know, like five miles yep. from these other parts. And then the track went in and they put in um, one Daytona, which is nice, but it's still far. Yep. If you're by the track, at least you have one Daytona. So it's nice to see some of these other places coming in and filling the gaps, maybe little stepping stones of things. Absolutely. And it's kind of getting rid of the little barriers that a lot of these cities had for a long time, where it was Deland was just Deland, New Smyrna was just New Smyrna, Daytona was just Daytona. And there wasn't ever really a cross between the two. It was never a in-between. Um, so it's definitely nice to see these little businesses popping up and locally grown, locally operated, great businesses that have great standpoints on what they're trying to do. Um, they're coming in and filling those little holes. So that way you do have something going on pretty much anywhere around. And one thing Florida's kind of been known for is once you've seen one bit of it, you've kind of seen a lot of it. You think so? Because I, you know, I tell people, if you go to Jacksonville, you know, let's say Jacksonville to Orlando, to Tampa, to Daytona, to Miami, they're yeah. like five different states almost. They They, they are. Um, they definitely have their own unique diversities. They're also very spread far out. Um, Florida is one of those places where you're driving for a couple hours to get to the next big location. Yeah. 
So it's very diverse, but also the businesses within were all kind of centralized around Florida things. It was known, I mean, yeah. Florida for the longest time was fried food only. Like you, you couldn't get anything else besides fish and fried food. Gator. So now you're getting a gator. <laughs> very interesting experience eating gator for the yeah. first time. But, uh, but yeah, it kind of changed into something that is growing into more and more unique experiences. You have all kinds of random things popping up. Like, I don't know the last time you've been to Sanford and uh, that downtown area, but that's turned into a very beautiful downtown experience. Introducing Clued Up Games, which is a really cool game system where you kind of go throughout the whole city and they have this whole day planned for you. And it's almost like the game of Clue. You said that was Clued Up Clued Up Games. games. Interesting. It's a very cool little business that opened up that way. I'm going to look that up and I'm going to put that in the show notes because that's something I haven't heard of. And I want to make sure, since you're recommending it, Clued Up. Clued Up Games. Games. Yep. Okay. So I'm th- going to check that out. And there, there's a lot of unique things that it's just, if you didn't experience kind of the the inner parts of each city, then you never would have really stumbled upon. These escape rooms in little cities and those kind of things, like these little individual unique businesses that are popping yeah. up, they were kind of overlooked just because you have these major events. Like you have mm-hmm. the 500 and you think your whole time is only the 500 because that's all you really come into town and hear about. So now it's it's unique seeing all these different angles where, like I said, in San Diego, you had diversity on every corner, yeah. whereas like you just mentioned, Florida kind of had its sections mm-hmm. to where it was like to get a different experience, you had to drive five hours to Miami exactly. or to get a different experience, you had to drive three hours to Tampa. Being on Volusia County, you would see almost the same thing in any little city in Volusia County, mm-hmm. of course, all with their uniqueness. But it wasn't as diverse as what the growth now is bringing. I think it's bringing just a unique angle to an area that I think is kind of an unpolished gym for a like long time. It, it's it's had its pretty sparkle, but with a little elbow grease, it could turn into something that's a prized possession. So I think that it's growing in such a unique way that um, it, it's starting to come into fruition of some of the changes that everybody's seen from it for a long time and they're finally making those changes. Speaking of something that's growing and coming to fruition in its own way, I had the great experience of talking to a gentleman by the name of Elliot Hassan most recently. Uh, I did get to interview Elliot and uh, he has a business. He's, he does boat charters. He's been doing it about four years now. It kind of came about in a very in an interesting way, in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think. A lot of people will say, hey, uh, let's let's get this plan. We're going to start a business. Let's go about it like this. Elliot kind of got a boat and then suddenly had a business. But uh, I'd rather have you hear how Elliot describes that to you. So we're going to play that for you now. All right. We're talking with Elliot Hassan. Elliot, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you. Uh, you are the owner of Blue Diamond Boat Rentals. Yep. Uh, and you do private charters as well, right? Yep. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing it about four years now. It's going pretty good. Every year is better than the last, but it's got its challenges. And you operate out of Daytona? I launched from the Dunlawton Bridge in Daytona. What kind of boat are we talking about? A fishing charter? I don't do a whole lot of fishing charters yet. I, be- I mostly just do island charters. We go to the sandbars in Ponce Inlet. At low tide, they come out. At high tide, they disappear. Okay, so those are your your island charters. What other kind of charters? We go tubing and wakeboarding. So water sports. So we're talking about a couple different kind of boats. Yeah. I got a, a jet boat 
That okay. was the first boat I purchased. It's a bow rider, so there's seating in the front of the boat. It's 25 feet, can hold about 10 to 12 people. That was the only boat I had for about two years. About one year in, I started working and getting a website. With that, I got a lot more traffic, a lot more people calling in. And I didn't see myself stopping anytime soon, so I thought, why don't I just look into getting my own website? I knew WordPress was free. Literally, by educating yourself, you could start your own website for free. Is that what you did? So I had a roommate that was a programmer and I was talking to him. So I go ahead and bought a domain. It took me a long time. I was like, okay, the domain's going to be the name of my business. There was a song I really liked by Incubus. They described the water as looking like a thousand diamonds. My boat's blue. I'll call it Blue Diamond Boat Rentals. Every time I think about the name of your company, I think about something else. Blue Diamond Almonds. I I think about that too. I actually thought about that before even picking the name. I I thought maybe it'd build some name recognition. So your roommate told you that you can make your own website with WordPress and it's super easy. Mm -hmm. And then you spent two, three weeks trying to figure out the name of your company. You settled on Blue Diamond Boat Rentals. Yep. And I I went on sunbiz.org. Right. which is like the Florida's website for businesses. Yep. I got an LLC and I made sure Blue Diamond Boat Rentals wasn't already taken. Setting up the website, was it as easy as your roommate said it was? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I bought a theme for a website. I messed around with it for probably like a couple months and I was, I was like, this isn't going anywhere fast. So you messed with that for a couple months. Doing yeah. it yourself, 100% you. Mm-hmm. Where'd your roommate go? Eventually, he builds a website for me. His company is called Ideas Lab, LLC. He's a, he's a great programmer. He does uh, a lot of SEO. I was paying anywhere from $500 to $1,000 a month on my website. Yeah. I would take the pictures and get the content and give it to him. And he would he made my logo. He would make the whole flow of the website. And I did it strictly with him for a while. And then I was like, I need... It's hard to say, but they say don't do business with friends. So I decided to look around. I found another company called Web Daytona. I think the owner is Gary Bala. He's, he's a really smart guy. Uh, he does a lot of websites locally. Is he still doing your website now? No. I was paying him anywhere like 2000 a month starting out. Wow. Then I went to 1000 Can't afford this every month. It's I'm pretty much not making any money. Yeah. Like boat repairs and then all that for a website. And I, I still had to pay my personal bills. The way I thought about it was I was building a house. And I was just starting with the foundation and the frame. And I, I thought because I'm working on my own website, I'll always have that. That's my property. If I stop paying them... That's still my website. All that work is still there. So it's it's been a few months. I'd say maybe like four to six months where I haven't had anyone work on my website. It's just been me. Have you noticed the amount of business you've gotten in those four to six months? Has it changed? It's probably slowed down some because I'm not staying up to date on my SEO, but I've been getting more and more reviews and those add up and that boosts my credibility. Yeah. So you've been getting more reviews or you had gotten more reviews up until and throughout? Well, I was getting a lot more reviews on Google. It's hard to say. Four to six months ago, Google suspended my business when I tried changing my address. That's your your Google My Business profile. Yeah, and then I, I thought, okay, I'll just let it be and see how it affects things. And I was doing all right, I'd say most of the time. But I feel like now that things are starting to slow down... Compared to last year, I was still busy this time. Right now, it's probably not as busy as last year. And so I I contacted these Google experts that are pretty much staying in contact with Google to get my page back up. Google has like no customer support. Exactly. I tried contacting Google right when they suspended my business. You got to do an email query. 
I did that, and so far, I've gotten nowhere. How long ago was that? Four to six months ago. Oh, my God. You just got your first boat, and that was the jet boat. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like, uh, I didn't have much intended. It was my brother's idea. Your brother? It was your brother's idea? My little brother, yeah. Boat? He's seven years younger than me. Okay. And he decided you get a boat, or you decided to get the yeah, boat. It was, hey, let's, let. why don't we get a boat? Okay. You get, you get the loan and put it in your name, <laughs> and I'll give you some money for the down payment. And okay. I was like, okay, sounds good. Like, we grew up boating, so okay. it was, like, we always went out on my dad's boat, and it's not like my dad would let me take it out myself. I'd take the jet ski out. When I found out that they would write me a loan to buy a boat, I was like, let's do it. I mean, how did it, how did it become something else? We had this idea before we bought it. That's how, that's kind of how he sold me on it he's like we'll pay we'll make the payments with the with the money we get by taking people out and the plan was he's going out with you well my i I was working my other job so my brother would be the one driving the boat how long after getting the boat did you actually make money probably within uh one to two months of getting it yeah how did you get that business the websites get my boat and boat setter you just create a profile kind of like airbnb they do, they do all their marketing online. People go on their website, they see my listing, and they reach out to me through their platform. So within two months, you had your first charter? Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that charter? Well, I didn't take it. My brother took it. It was probably like a three or four hour trip. My brother's pretty good at driving. He's mechanically inclined. We didn't, I, I, we, I had no idea what to charge. We didn't want to charge so much that people wouldn't want to do it. Are all the tours you do right now saltwater tours? Pretty much. Once in a while, I'll drive like Lake Butler. Um, also go to St. John's River. So there, there there's like Blue Springs, Silver Glen Springs. I really like fresh water. It's a lot easier on the engines too. How many boats do you have now? I own two myself outright. And I got a partner and we're half on one boat and soon to be half equally on another. When did the partner come about? I, we met about a year ago. He was a mechanic. So I picked his brain. He knew business was picking up for me. Last year, I had so much demand, I couldn't keep up with it. That's why I was bought a second boat. It's terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's... <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Yeah, but it, I was like turning away a lot of business. I told him about it. He and I just started looking for another boat. I was looking for something about the same level as the jet boat, something big and nice that can still take out large groups. Is he a partial owner of the business or just partial owner of the business that comes from the boats that he's 50-50 in? He's a partial owner of the boat. What, what's what's the best lesson you've learned between now and then? What did you not anticipate you would be looking back going, oh, wow, wish uh, I wish I had known. Just something you weren't prepared for that now you're very aware of. I wasn't aware of how finicky jet motors can be with the jet boat i've i've owned it four years now and it's probably been in the shop combined total maybe a year plus and you how many of your boats are jet boats just one so as far as that lesson goes if somebody came along today and wanted to sell you a jet boat i'd have a lot of questions probably okay. wouldn't buy it at, at this bad. point outboards are a much safer way to go but i love driving the jet boat what are the other boats they're all pontoons is that all you have is boats do you do anything else i got jet skis yeah i got two jet skis i bought a year ago because i just i was getting a lot of calls for first it was pontoons and then it was jet skis so i was like okay i'll make this purchase and see if i can satisfy these customers so those calls about the pontoon boat is what basically got you to buy a pontoon boat yeah were you happy you did now uh yeah uh the pontoon was a real project i I looked around for months and i bought a used one for 2500 it was kept in fresh water the whole time yeah it was a it's a 30 year old boat and the engine still worked. And you started making money with that boat? Yeah, after I fixed it up. It okay. took me about three months to get it fixed up. What would you up. say total investment? 
in that book? I probably got about 20,000 in it. You still use it today? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's my that's my workhorse. How many jet skis? You said two? I got two, yeah. How do you do a tour on a jet ski? At this point, I don't yet. I pretty much rent the jet skis out to experienced people. Hopefully, they've driven them in this area so they know where they're going. What's particular about this area? Is it just that? It's mostly the sandbars and the ocean. The ocean's dangerous, especially on a jet ski. The waves get big. And the sandbars, people could, if they don't know where they're going, they could drive right into a sandbar. You've got a jet boat. You've got three pontoons. You've got... Two jet skis? Any plans to get more jet skis? Hopefully I could get two more and put all four of them on a trailer, and then I can do jet ski tours. I would drive one, and I'd have three other jet skis following me, and I would show them where the places are to go. Do you project that a jet ski tour will be more valuable than just uh, a fire and forget, here, rent my jet ski? What I mean by that is, I do tours in my business. There are tours that require my attention for four and a half hours. And there's another tour that's really profitable that ties me up for an hour and a half. Ties up less equipment, less overhead. I would rather do that tour all day long. I'm wondering, the jet ski rental, you can rent those and then continue to do whatever. You could then go on another tour. So what I do with them right now is... I keep them on the trailer and people will contact me and they'll be like, hey, can we rent your jet skis for like a couple days? And I'll be like, sure. You got a truck you could come pick them up with. And some people picked them up, took them down to Miami or they'll take them to like a lake in Orlando. And that's the minimum amount of work for me. All I got to do is meet them, have them sign the forms and they they leave. And then I, I see them when they get back. So as opposed to actually doing tours, I can see it's great. It's going to tie them up for less of a time, right? You, you let that tour goes out two hours, three hours, whatever mm-hmm. requires your constant attention during that time frame, but then you get them back, rinse, repeat right away. Um, I don't know how much, and it's not my business, how much you make on the rentals for a couple days versus what you do on a tour for a couple hours. Do you, have you pictured that? Have you worked that out? Like I'd say for the work involved, letting them rent them for a few days and going that route is much more profitable for me. Doing the like a couple hour tour would be great, but it's going to have more involved. So I got to put the jet skis in the water, set them up on the beach, make sure people know how to drive them. If not, I got to teach them. And then I'm riding with them and monitoring them the whole time. I've already uh, started getting help and I'm I'm training a captain now. He could still take a boat out if I'm driving another. I already had to do this last year. I met a, a captain named Captain Butch. Yep. And he has his own charter company called Butch's Fishing Charters in Orlando and he was just starting out last year and he needed some like to make some extra revenue so he started doing charters for me because I really needed the help so he'd be driving my pontoon while I'm driving the jet boat is he the other help is he the one who would be no his so his after last year the first year he was with me business picked up a lot I gave him I gave him some tips and uh, he took some advice Captain Butch is doing really well first he was just doing uh, bass fishing trips but he saw what I was doing and so he started Adding that as an option, yeah. but it seems like it doubled his business. Is it particularly expensive to insure boats for, for charters, or is it for insurance? You can I can get an an endorsement, so I can I just add it to my insurance policy, and it, it raises it a few hundred dollars, and it pretty much covers me and the passengers on the boat. Now it doesn't cover all the the tubing and wakeboarding and water right. sports stuff, but I, I have people sign a waiver, so they acknowledge that. But that's why I always. Add 
ask a, ask the customer some questions to see, are they local? Have you owned a boat before? What's your boating experience? Yeah. And when I'm explaining things to them, when I meet them, I'm, I'm feeling them out, seeing how much, how much they really know. I get a copy of their ID. They have to sign a waiver and release. So they accept any responsibility for damages on the boat. How many times did you actually think of giving up? Probably more than I can count. Yeah. More than I would care to count. <laughs> but you stuck yeah, in Yeah, I probably, I, it probably comes to, comes to mind. I, few times a day even really it's, yeah when even now i mean yeah i mean something like especially when you're out on the water and the, the engine just cuts out and you're you're floating there just trying to figure out what the best thing to do would be it gets frustrating how did you picture it when you started did you know you were going to be hands-on every day i didn't know how long i'd be hands-on for but i was looking forward to the day where I had enough help to where I didn't have to do every single charter and I could take time to go on a vacation trip. When's your last vacation you went on? Uh, I took a two-day vacation last week. We went to Orlando, uh, my girlfriend and her family. I mean, the, the middle of the week was slow, so I didn't really have to like turn down any business. I'm looking forward to having the help to where I wouldn't have to turn down business because I'm out of town. What's next? What are the plans for the future? Where does Blue Diamond Boat Rentals go from here? I have a couple ideas. One is to branch out to a new area. For a while, I was thinking about Texas. Yeah, it's pretty far. So probably would maybe do something in Florida towards Orlando or St. John's River because it's on fresh water. There's a marina there that I'm I'm already looking into. So I, I thought maybe I could just put one boat there and see how many trips I can take out there. Before we go, I know I've kept you for a long time. Is there anything that you would like to to share with anyone? Any particular thing that that you'd like to promote or you don't want us to forget about? Or if we give you a call, what what we should be asking you about? I'd like to promote the jet skis rentals more. Those those don't get as off used as often as they should. They're really nice jet skis. Okay. I take care of them. So if there's like a couple people that want to take them out for a day or a week, they should give me a call. All right, everybody, you heard that. Elliot says he has two gently used jet skis for rent. Please reach out to Elliot Hassid. You can get him at bluediamondboatrentals.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bluediamondboatrentals. Also find him on the gram, Instagram at slash bluediamondboatrentals. Uh, you can also call him. Uh, give him a call, 407-906-5405. I want to thank you, Elliot, for taking your time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you, Steve. All right, have a great one. All right. So that was fun actually talking with Elliot. We talked probably an hour and a half and you're lucky I didn't put all of it on there, but I trimmed down everything that I thought was important for his business. He was an entertaining guy. I love that his business just crapped up. Him and his brother bought a boat and uh, it was like, hey, why don't we make the payments on this boat by doing charters? And I know you got the opportunity to meet him meet him afterwards. What do yeah, you think? Elliot's great guy and he's doing it all for all the right reasons again it's great to see all these locals because he's again a local folk that is trying to just promote good business in the area do things the right way um it's filling a, a very big hole and a lot of people buy boats and keep them in the marina but he's got the opportunity for anybody traveling down to the area to be able to grab themselves a boat or have just a nice boat day where a lot of us don't know the boating regulations and the left and right and what green and red signs mean so it's good to have your own captain that it'll kind of take you through the intercoastal show you the area and being so local to to give you some of the good points of the waterways so guy works hard he definitely works hard and, and he did want us to stress the fact that he does have those two jet skis and he rents them out in a very interesting way if you need jet skis for your whole weekend while you're here and you've got something to tow it with you've got two jet skis uh he'll he'll lease them to you and actually that frees him up to do some of the other hard work 
that he has to do. Uh, at least uh, you can take those those jet skis and and spend time with him however you like, freeing him up to go captain a charter. So I know that he would love to get more use out of those jet skis. So so that would be great. I, I want to take a minute, and I didn't mention it last week, and talk about the elevator pitch. I have come across so many businesses, and I know you have too, Frankie, just driving around. Um, that Absolutely. You, you see these businesses that you've never seen an ad for. You've never heard them on the radio. Either they can't afford to advertise or they just they just don't. And And therefore, you don't know that they're there unless you drive past them. Or unless somebody invites you to them, but you just you just don't know about them. So I want to give everybody an opportunity on my segment that's called the Elevator Pitch. If you happen to hear this podcast, if you're one of the three people who have listened to this podcast and you own a business and you'd like a free 30-second spot on Spotify at the bottom under our show notes, click on leave us a message. Leave us a 30-second spot and we will play it on the air. You'll actually be our first one, so I'll make a big deal about it, and I'll tell them that you are the one of three listeners that is my favorite. Um, also this week, because I had uh, Frankie here helping me out, I didn't have any time to share with you any Uber interviews or rideshare interviews, so we're going to get back to a little bit of that next week. But I do want to thank each and every one of you for joining me. Most importantly, I'd like to thank Frankie Kicklighter for joining me. Frankie, if you're free, next week I'd love to have you join me again. Absolutely. And, and I'm just as obsessed with the growth of the area as you are and, and want to give you the thanks back for having me on here. Uh, you got a fantastic thing trying to highlight some of the best parts of what we call home. Um, so f- being from the area, being born and raised, it's a great thing to have somebody who's willing to dig into the corners of where we live and what we represent. So it's great to grow. It's great to see the area grow. It's great for all of us to come together and be able to share the community a little bit more. So Thanks, I'd love Frankie. to love to be back and help out as much as I can. I appreciate that. I'm going to hold you to it. So for Steve at FunCoastTours.com and Frankie Kicklighter, I want to thank you for spending your downtime in Daytona with us today. Thank you. See you next time.